Welcome back to the Wilmington Chambers podcast. We've been having a lot of fun here while we've been getting prepared um, because that's what we like to do. We like to have fun while we live into our vision to promote prosperity by cultivating business growth and um, a, a new business growth opportunity for North Carolina and for our region is offshore wind energy. So, Neil, why, why, why are we talking about offshore wind energy? Well, primarily due to the potential economic impact of North Carolina and the entire United States, really, the East Coast. Uh, we're talking about several large utility-scale wind energy farms that could be located, uh, constructed off of the East Coast. Two of those would be off of North Carolina's coast. And uh, regardless of if it's off North Carolina or not, North Carolina is very well positioned to be heavily involved with the um, construction, fabrication, maintenance of these wind farms. Uh, We're centrally located on the East Coast. And North Carolina has the largest manufacturing base of any of the East Coast states that may be involved with these wind farms, uh, their construction and maintenance. Yeah, we're, so we're, why offshore wind? Uh, it's, it's, it's an even bigger, for, you know, it's, it's, you start with the need to uh, minimize the carbon emissions and, and, and the United States is committed to doing what we can to reduce those emissions, and one of the ways is to to uh, work away from the use of fossil fuels mm. to heat our homes and um, and turn our lights on. And so, wind energy, solar energy is an important um, part of that conversation. Um, but I think we heard uh, in a meeting recently, Neil, that it's like that that without wind energy in the North Carolina portfolio, there's no way we can meet our goals by 2050 of um, 100% reduction in carbon gas emissions. Yeah, I feel like as a chamber, we, we continue to talk about the diversification of the sources of how we get energy. Right. Talk to me about why that's important. Well, it's important because, um, so you can't rely completely on solar, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the sun's not out. Right. So what happens when the sun goes down or when there goes a cloudy day? You can't produce enough energy. Again, solar is important because we do have a lot of sunny days in North Carolina, but um, having an what they call in the utility industry an all of above strategies, all of the above strategies, so that you you are looking at all of those. So natural gas will continue to play a role. Nuclear energy will continue to play a role. Really, what we're going to see is um, the this long time use of coal is mm. what's being replaced with these sure. other sources because it. Burning coal does have such an impact on the environment. So I guess my other question is, I feel like we've read different things about North Carolina's energy consumption to this mid-Atlantic consumption rate because we're running our air conditioners a lot. We run our heat more often than the winter. Does that play a role in, in the conversation right now too? Well, the governor's office has said they want to generate 4.6 gigawatts of renewable power yeah. to uh, power the air conditioners and the heaters and, and everything else that, you know, yeah. the lights that we take for granted uh, in our modern society. And the internet is powered, obviously, you know, by electricity. So, as Natalie mentioned previously, you know, the only way to be able to meet that goal is to build some utility scale wind farms offshore of North Carolina. Um, and not only that, but the sites off of North Carolina have been. Um, designated as probably the most productive sites mm. for offshore wind on the East Coast because of their um, 
locations, the, the meteorology associated with um, being in that particular area of the Atlantic. So, um, as Nally said, it's a the chamber believes in an all of the above approach. Mm-hmm. If we're going to start reducing our burning uh, of um, fossil fuels and emitting greenhouse gases, we have to look at solar, wind, nuclear, um, you know, water sources, et cetera, uh, in order to be able to meet those goals. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Neil, the, the, how do you put a windmill out in the ocean? Well, that's um, certainly a challenge for engineering, but um, it... <laughs> It, um, it has been, that riddle has been solved. I mean, you know, there are plenty of existing offshore wind farms, particularly that uh, comes to mind me because I've seen them myself is um, in Europe. Um, and they have even uh, uh, worse weather conditions up there in the North Sea than we have in the Atlantic. Now, certainly we, hurricanes do um, visit us from time to time. But you're basically talking about a uh, pretty substantial foundation that would go into the seafloor. And you're talking about a pretty substantial structure that gets you up above the um, top of the ocean um, before you it then, you know, plant a uh, windmill on top of that. Right. So it, it is uh, something that can be done uh, successfully, and uh, it can be done to, um, to withstand the, the oceans and the high winds associated with hurricane activity. And there are, um, there are people who are rightly concerned about the impacts something like that could have in the ocean. There are federal and state agencies looking at that as they consider what our next step should be, right? The federal government has done a very thorough environmental study of any site that's being proposed for offshore wind. They look at uh, whale migration paths. They look at sea turtle, uh, you know, activity. They look at um, shipping traffic, they look at the what's on the um, seafloor in that area. So all of those different things are all taken into account before they recommend a certain um, site. That's why you can't, you're not envisioning um, a series of windmills from Miami to uh, Manhattan um, because not every site is going to be, meet that stringent environmental criteria. So... Uh, there's also, you know, concerns about um, what the view of those would look like from the beach. And certainly that's a concern that's a legitimate concern. A lot of people come to North Carolina beaches and other uh, beaches because they, they uh, enjoy the view of an endless horizon, so to speak. And um, so they recently released some visualizations of what the closest wind farm to North Carolina's coast would look like. Uh, Wilmington East is the one they recently issued visualizations for. They were released in Southport a couple weeks ago. And in those visualizations on a normal summer day, if you can see them, you've got very good eyesight, (laughs) if at all. I mean, it's really a very, very small speck on the horizon. Um, And, you know, I kind of liken it to when electricity first was being distributed to North Carolina and power poles and power lines and a lot of, you know, at the time people had concerns about how that was going to ruin uh, your view of different areas. Um, But now, uh, you know, no one notices a power pole or power line anymore. It's just become ubiquitous in some ways. Now, they are certainly more 
visually apparent to you because they're right in front of you as compared to these um, offshore wind towers that will be so far off the coast that, again, most people will never even spot them unless they are specifically looking for them. So speaking of um, power poles, I have to tell you a funny story. I got had the opportunity years ago to play golf with the president of Duke Power Company at the time was the name of the company. And there's a golf course in Charlotte where a power line goes directly across the 18th hole. <laughs> so we're on the fairway, and it's bzz, bzz, You know how they, they sound when you're right under them? And one of my our golf partners said, that sounds really scary to me. And the president of Duke Power Company says, sounds like money to me. <laughs> <laughs> So, so speaking of money, I guess, I'm, I'm more thinking about the jobs right. side of things, the job opportunities. You're talking about building these windmills. There's got to be like a million pieces that we need to manufacture in North Carolina and then maybe put out the port, Wilmington, and put them up. I mean, it feels like a huge opportunity for our community, for the state. I think, I think that's exactly right. I think there's so much potential. And obviously, we always think about you know, the large companies, mm-hmm. uh, the windmill you know, Wind turbine, I guess, is the technical yeah. term of manufacturers, the, the the large OEMs. But even looking down at the the, the micro level and the small business side, um, how much engineering, how much specialization goes into manufacturing all the parts and, mm-hmm. and filling out the supply chain and uh, the the boating industry that's needed to to service and the and maintain and operate the windmills once they're in place. Wind turbines, I did it again. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's that's the real um, bright side from, from my point of view on, on how we grow out the wind energy side. We obviously want some, some, some of the big projects, and those are going to be competitive, but also building out the supply chain and making sure that our, our small businesses in New Hanover County have an opportunity to, to get in on, on the ground floor. Yeah. I think it's fun that um, there are companies already in North Carolina that are going to get work, mm-hmm. that, that will have to add jobs in order to respond to the supply need. There's a company in Huntersville, North Carolina, a small cabling company, mm-hmm. and they've already gotten a contract to make cable for the wind turbines in the northeastern part of the country, and, and they've already had to expand in mm-hmm. order to compete or to, to provide the product that's needed for those, those projects up in the northeastern part of the country. And so we already have offshore wind energy jobs in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting to think how some companies can pivot and, mm-hmm. and make a new product line and, mm-hmm. and, and grow from that. Yeah. And when that company expands, they have to you know, bring in contractors. They have to buy materials. Um, they have to get uh, materials from their suppliers in order to build their cables. You know, so it, it really does ripple through the entire economy, and it's something that can really make a huge difference over the next 20, 30 years for North Carolina economy, not just for Wilmington, but the entire state of North Carolina can, can have a huge benefit um, if we are able to move forward with these offshore wind areas. Absolutely, and we're well positioned from a workforce perspective with programs currently in the Coastal Engineering Program at University of North Carolina Wilmington, um, the Center for Marine Science at UNCW, and then the Marine Tech programs that are at Cape Fear Community College. So we're well positioned to help to create and provide that workforce. So what comes next, I guess? Well, the Chamber has uh, issued a position uh, that we're in favor of continuing to explore mm-hmm. uh, the development of these offshore wind areas and um, 
and that we support the state's efforts to grow, to grow clean energy technology and the jobs associated with that technology. So the Chamber of Commerce is advocating um, in any way we can um, to continue exploring these options and hopefully be able to move forward with the federal government moving forward with opening up the Wilmington East area for a lease for um, energy companies to, to bid on building an offshore wind farm on, on those particular tracks. And so we, while we're advocating, the Bureau of Energy Management, BOEM, um, is also evaluating, right? They're, they're looking at, they're continuing to look at public comments that they've received with regard to these specific lease areas, uh, and they will issue, I guess, a ruling uh, of theirs uh, as, to, as to when and how they'll move forward with these possible lease areas. And there's an expectation that the leases will go to auction as early as May. Wow. So this, we're talking, now, we won't see wind turbines yes. next Everything summer. Yes, takes a while. But, uh, but, yeah, that's how quickly we could get to work on this. That's great. That's exciting. One other concern that we've heard mm. are from people who are commercial fishermen or recreational fishermen about how are these turbines going to impact their business. And, you know, anecdotally, in areas that have built turbines off the coast, they've actually seen... Uh, an increase in marine life and habitat out there that's attracted fish. Mm. Um, and again, anecdotally, anytime you have structure out in the ocean, typically you are going to be attracting marine life. And uh, that's why right now we intentionally um, you know, sink wrecks off the coast and put other material out there on the bottom to create structure uh, for recreational, for scuba divers, for uh, other you know, um, encouraging that marine life to um, to concentrate in those areas. And I personally believe that the wind turbine uh, foundations will, will do a similar role. Same thing with the, off, um, the uh, oil derricks off the coast in the Gulf of Mexico. All the fishermen go straight to those oil towers when they want to go fishing because it's created, you know, that additional habitat. Right, right. Any other, any other things that people... Um, we've talked about the visualizations. We've talked about um, fish and wildlife habitats. Is there, are there any other concerns that people are bringing up with regard to this possibility? I think the, the only other outstanding question I can think of right now is where is that power line going to come ashore? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of electricity being generated mm -hmm. by these things, and so there's got to be a cable that's coming, right. coming ashore somewhere. And that's yet to be determined. Right. I, I'm, I'm confident that just like their environmental assessment, they're doing the location of the towers themselves, uh, that there will be a, you know, considerable thought about the environmental impact of where that cable comes around and where it ties into our current electrical grid. Sure. So you too can geek out with us <laughs> at the Wilmington Chamber of Commerce when we talk about Offshore wind energy, natural gas, nuclear energy. We, uh, we like to geek out about infrastructure, and um, we have a lot of fun while we do it. Thank you again for joining us today. We've uh, enjoyed being with you, and we'll see you again next time on the Wilmington Chamber Podcast. Mm -hmm.